0: Hi, I'm Paui Bitanga, and you're listening to Rappler Podcasts. You're listening to Hustles Inside the Industry, where we talk to young professionals and find out how they got here, why they're doing what they do, and what it takes to do it. This is Paui Bitanga of Hustle, and joining us today, we have Monica Tobias and Al Galang, Restaurant tours and founders of Sweet Ecstasy. Welcome, guys.
1: I'm I'm still hung up on being young. According to you, <laughs>
0: we are the hip section of Rappler podcasts. If you didn't already know.
2: Oh well, then then we're happy to be part of it.
0: <laughs> so anyway, in this episode, we're continuing inside the industry's exploration into how different industries. Are responding to the current pandemic situation. So last week we covered radio and how it's pivoting online, but now we want to talk about food and how restaurants like Sweet Ecstasy are adapting. Um, But before we get into all that, let me just ask both of you, how are each of you coping with this extended community quarantine right now?
1: Well, you know where we are. We're coping together. Uh, If it wasn't for Monica, I would probably be a bit too much on the reckless side or the disregarding side but but this is not the time to be that uh, which is why with Monica kind of steering the ship of our lives in a restaurant I feel like we're on the safe side of things
2: <laughs> they are there are <laughs> there are articles that you know like you know they they feel that divorce will be really high in uh, different parts of the world after this whole lockdown. Oh, no. Because (laughs) couples are really forced to stay together 24-7, and then they're usually not used to that. But, um, you know, I think Al and I have weathered many a storm that prepared us for this time together. As a Uh, working it's pretty difficult, though, yeah?
1: I mean, operationally, we've always been quarantined together to do this, uh, whether... uh, and we work on Sweet X to see together 24 hours a day, whether it's okay. in the kitchens or um, outside the stores or at home where, where all the back behind the scenes stuff happens. So I think that the two of us in our dynamic is, is suited for situations like this.
0: So on that note, you and Sweetex were among the various restaurants to reopen last week for pickup and delivery. Um, and i 've ordered twice since, but um how is how has the shift been so far? you know how are you adjusting to that
2: uh we knew that coming into April fifteen or April fourteen when the e c q was initially supposed to and um we kind of figured that it wasn 't we we knew there was going to be some sort of extension, but we were already planning that we were going to reopen um on the 15th. So during our hiatus of sorts, during the ECQ, um, we started planning, we started strategizing, we had to figure out how to get people to work. And uh, we had to make sure our suppliers were were still able to supply us with our, our raw material. Um, we had to make sure our employees were healthy to come to work. So there were a lot of steps to take before we opened on the 15th. So you you said that a
1: lot of people um, uh, opened this week, uh, last week, and it's because arbitrarily everybody thought that that was the original uh, end of ECQ. And so even when it was extended, a lot of restaurant restaurateurs just kept that in their head. Uh, one, because why go any longer, not providing income for our people and why not, uh just give it a try at the very least i think most of us didn't know how this last week was gonna go but you know we played it out in our head and um and prepared so that meant that meant figuring out who could come to work that meant like monica said uh who can supply us and that meant uh what way were we going to give that to the people that 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 fall fell within Uh, what was allowed and what would work at the time. Obviously, um, dining was off the list. There was also the idea, would we take cash or not? While some establishments do, accept payment in store right now. Monica was very wise to exclude that possibility. Let's Mm -hmm. just preempt it all and do bank transfer or let them pay on, the the platforms like Grab or Food Panda and even if that meant not everybody could pay, most people could. And I think that was enough. We didn't we're not gonna be able to feed everybody who's in lockdown right now, but we're gonna be able to feed some of them.
2: The day that we opened, you saw Al taking care of four branches, phone in orders of four branches all at the Easy. same time and taking care of proof of payment and then sending it out to all the branches. He was like stuck to his laptop the whole day. He didn't even stand just, up. Just at home? He was, yeah, we were just, yeah, okay. that's that's our home base, yeah. <laughs> so he was taking care of all the orders and then there were like a lot of uh, irate people because it. I guess everybody missed sweet ecstasy but then the food or the ordering <laughs> process wasn't getting to them and the time that they wanted. So it was pretty difficult. There was a big learning curve. Um, but I think by now, what it's the 20th, so it's like our one, two, three, four, fifth day of operating again with this kind of system. I think we've got it down pat, hopefully. <laughs> Less angry yeah. your customer. So,
1: <laughs> so let me, let, there's an example right there, pal, of, of, of how one, our work never stops, and two uh, the, the difficulties of ECQ. I just got a call from um, my our purchaser. Our purchaser was that uh, our supplier just called her, and tomorrow our our one of our meat suppliers, they're they they will not be able to supply us because oh no um, the uh, how do I say this? All of their people got hot on they they can't come into work anymore, but. Because uh, we've prepared for this, we have two suppliers that get meat from the same, like the, like they get from the same cows, basically. So, okay. right? At we have a plan B. We have a plan B. But 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 so yeah, I, th- we get we get hit with this all the time right now, uh, and just like I'm sure a lot true. of restaurateurs do. Or do.
0: I remember you know the day after your. Your first reopening, I think you posted right the next day that you, you ran out of um, uh, supplies, correct? Was It
2: It was yeah. our buns. Um, we had to wait for the buns to arrive because, you know, like everybody's working on a skeletal force, including the suppliers, you know, so it's like they can't churn it out as fast as they did you know, before the ECQ. So everybody just has to be a little bit more understanding, patient. And just like Al says, these challenges come hit you like one after the other. Mm-hmm. Um, you're steady for a few days. And then the next day you find out, oh, well, you know, their Bar and guys are locked down. They can't come to work. So it's wow. it's really stressful. But I mean, I guess, you know, as a restaurateur, you got to roll with the punches. Uh,
1: this is what you, you're, you run the risk of when everything is fresh.
0: Having told me that, you know, the initial lockdown, you're all preparing for this launch, were more people ordering than you, than you expected?
1: We, uh, we, we decided this is how much we're gonna sell for this day. This is what we're gonna be able to handle. But then even when you plan that, that out and you could be right or wrong about those expectations, mm-hmm there were still going to be monkey wrenches thrown at you, the supplier might say, instead of us delivering to you at 10 a.m., we're not going to be able to get to you till 3. I just like that, um, for the most part, the, the general, like our customer base, is uh, a little bit more flexible and a little bit more open-minded to the, the circumstances at hand.
0: Yeah, I I like to think of myself uh, among that party. (laughs) (laughs) I promise I wasn't one of the people that texted you with the complaints. You can check your messages.
2: (laughs) We're grateful, actually. We're grateful. I mean, um, we didn't realize how many orders we would get. I mean, I think we prepared for the best case scenario. Um, Coming into it, we knew that people would want to eat the food because we missed it like Alan and I I was like man I want a burger really bad right now. Uh so we get everybody's like craving. It's legit and 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 that's I think what we are really really happy about that we can make people happy cuz like I get the IG stories all the time and 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 in a time like this where just like the smallest things can make you smile and make your day. If a burger can make your day then that that's great for us.
1: Yeah.
0: I was one of those stories, by the way. Um, so we talked about the challenges managing this uh, business in this new, under these new circumstances. Have you noticed any benefits, though?
1: So um, number one, it's the, it's the control of the kitchen flow. Like, you couldn't throw a million orders at us right now, but we can only take as much as we can take. And by taking each one of these orders, we can lay them out during the time frame of, of service and tell our customers, um, you're going to get your food at 1130. Uh, we can serve you yep. at 1 p.m. Uh, and then others who request times, we can accommodate them. In no circumstances before this could you do that with, uh, uh, <laughs> we'll call that, like, with casual comfort food. People want it. Don't plan their meals that way, but they, they do now. Or they're just like, okay, at least I'm going to get my burgers today. That's better than waiting till next month. So the fact that we can, we can schedule that makes the kitchen flow smooth and continuous. So that's mm. probably one of the harder things when you run a restaurant uh, during normal times, but one of the best things right now with the system in place. So that's one of them. And another, the thing I, I, I like, uh, I'm getting to go back to finding the pulse of our customers who interact with my cashier, cashiers usually on a regular basis. I can't obviously be at all stores at mm. all times during the, the pre-ECQ, but now I I kind of am. And getting to talk to them, I get, I get their history, I get their preferences, and I, I just, I get the, kind of feel them again. So I think that's what motivates us to keep making this possible.
2: Right. And I think to add to that, because like that's how we started, you know, Al and I started this Sweet Ecstasy thing in Cubao, selling milk and cookies. And it was just Mm -hmm. him and I really just manning the shop with our one employee who is still with us today. Her name's Leigh, by the way. (laughs) But um, we really interacted with everybody who came in the shop like everybody. And then we still did that when we moved to Sweet Ecstasy in Jupiter in Makati. Um, mm-hmm. And but that's when like most people know us from there now, like our Makati branch. But um, and but when we started expanding, we kind of stopped manning the st- the store in store. You know, we, we had to focus on the back end, the, the business, you know, of 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 running a restaurant. Um, So then we had to leave it to our cashiers to interact with the people. But like Al was saying, that is really the backbone of what Sweet Ecstasy is all about, Um, having our pulse on the customers and being able to interact with them and being able to share um, a part of us with them. Like this whole ECQ has taught everybody, like we need each other, you know, right? We need each other and it's good to connect. And I think Al's really getting that right now. Again, it's like a throwback to how we started.
0: How many years have you been in operation?
1: So Monica and I um, uh, birthed the ID in April 2012. Coincidentally, it was the same exact month that we conceived our our child.
2: (laughs) Yay. (laughs) That's
1: why he remembers it so well. I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh some the the, the the dates and times you know they get hazy but our earliest customers remind us that June 2012 we first opened our doors and that was as a as a milk and cookie cafe an adult milk and cookie cafe in Cubao Expo so that that that's kind of like part of our that's a our dna that's our identity and uh it was around November uh the second week of November a sunday lunch where we first made our a burger not for for sale but for ourselves and <laughs> really? it was that first meal monica and i had with with our, with our daughter jade and that's when we said oh hey maybe this is something we would have just done it like the cookies and milk as a as a fun thing if it weren't having this one project that we felt like oh wow we can really go for it with this one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when we were younger when you do something and it doesn't work out, then it's not, all you got to do is jump to the next thing. But that mm-hmm. exact timing of us being together, our, our son being our, in our lives, uh, all of that, you, we had to make sweet ecstasy work. Yeah. And, and there were times <laughs> when it, 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 it we shouldn't have. There were times when we probably would have been wiser to let it go. But not only that we were so passionate about it, but, but we had no more We had no more backup plans. We had to. I think that helped us weather those initial storms that all restaurants or all all projects go through.
0: So, okay, let's jump back to the present then. Well, both of you were talking about how Versus, when you first started, you've expanded, um, you've decreased the amount of time you spent with your customers. So I just want to get a clearer picture of where you were at right before lockdown and how that's shifted
2: now. Um, we had a lot of things in the pipeline. Uh, we had a couple of uh, branches that were supposed to open up. Um, we started planning our head office space, right, Dada?
1: We already, we already, we have it.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, we, we have, have it. Now. We have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Not the house. Not the
2: house. So, so this year was really about expansion, and we were setting it up, you know, obviously, so that. Al and I can focus on other things, you know, like franchising and stuff. We were setting it up that mm-hmm. the, obviously the branches can run themselves. So we don't have to make them do talk. We don't have to focus on them. We can delegate more things to our supervisors and our operation managers. And, and we were pretty um, good in like, we, we felt confident that they can take care of it. So that was our direction, you know, mm. And then ECQ happened. <laughs> it,
1: it wasn't until the, the start of ECQ where w- the idea was that we wouldn't continue operating for an extended period of time. Oh uh, right, yeah. It, I, I, that wasn't that wasn't real really to anybody.
0: Wait, that was that was before all of this.
2: Yeah, because okay, so Al and I had many discussions about that because I was already I'm the more paranoid one. I guess. And I was already saying, you know, um, they're telling people to stay home. We should do our part. Like, let's let's not um, expose ourselves and our crew and then our customers to being outdoors and outside. Because, you know, that was the talk. And I remember the days leading up to the ECQ, I was just so hooked on my phone and getting updates. And I remember the government was just like giving us um, not concrete answers. So every day was a challenge. You know, every day was like, OK, how are we going to do this? Um, how am I going to safeguard my my employees? How am I going to do that? So it was when did we decide? We decided really last minute. It was like, we. I remember the day before we closed, we were able to give out food to, to key hospitals near our branches. And then and then we made the judgment call and we said, OK, I, I and I really fought for it because I know Al's like, no, we, let's just keep let's keep on, you know, which which some restaurants did, <laughs> you know, which yeah. is OK, which is their prerogative, which like they did know, for a bit. <laughs> they did. They did for a bit. And then they had a close, you know, so. But my my stance on that was like, I just don't want them out there. I don't. I, it's not safe. So let's just bite the bullet. We're okay. We're in good standing, thankfully. You know, all the hardships paid off. Like we were yeah. really poor in the beginning, and and we everything was a mess. And then this year, we were in good standing to weather at least this storm.
0: And you know, at that time, pre COVID, what percentage of your operation was already handling uh, takeout orders or pickup orders and deliveries and whatnot? Uh, how much of your business was what you're currently doing now at a hundred percent.
1: So, uh, are we're, we're really lucky that our team has picked us latch on with another group that helps us understand our numbers better. Okay. Um, and so, uh, we, we meet with them every month and we, uh, we, 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 with our team, we ask questions that not, that maybe Mon- Monica and I didn't know how to ask during our early days of sweet accessing. So, so, um, we we know now that, for example, thirty to from branch to branch, about thirty to forty percent of our sales now come through grabbing Food Panda at each each store. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was true at the forest, start of well,
0: that was true at the start of the year yeah, already. Yeah,
1: that's that's basically January, mm-hmm. February, and so so knowing that is it, that's one of the reasons why you adopt this this pickup service in the first place that we're doing doing now we know that one we have the means through the grabs and food panda to uh have people take place their orders and have a courier service bring it to them uh through a third party we know that other people are willing to go to doors our stores especially like jupiter You've, you've been there before, yes. if you've been there, you know that during lunchtime, it might not be an ideal time to eat in a tropical oh, No way. outdoors. So, <laughs> no so way. People, dr- people go there, they pick up their food. So that's, that's also still happening now. Um, and so uh, the numbers, thank goodness for them, gave us at least an idea that we could maintain some viability. Uh, during the the, the the change in our, our, our system.
0: This is an obvious prediction, but right now the food industry at large here in the Philippines is seeing the full power of delivery service um, and all these new technologies. How do you see restaurants shifting in that sense? And how do you see restaurants uh, shifting in other senses?
1: Uh, I think people are going to get used to eating this way even more now Mm -hmm. okay people are gonna people are probably getting tired of cooking uh (laughs) people but also they're going to this is going to be the new kind of home cooked meal delivery you know because this is the this is already the way of life to some but i think it's going to be the way of life to more now yeah and so you're going to see that I also know that we're in one of the best best industries sure. to be in now, compared to so many who may be extinct when this thing rolls around. Right? Uh, yeah, entire industries, not just businesses. we are not going to a club, bro. You know, are right. not gonna go. The gyms <laughs> and the the the, the fitness places—they're gonna be it. Anything that requires you to be close to people, that's going to take a very long time if it ever resumes. Vacations and tourists, that's all going to be so hard. And while we're not medicine and we're not like produce, we're essential. We're we're part of the essential need to eat. Yeah,
2: I think, well, you know what? Delivery and pickup orders are going to be a thing. I think um, I read an article recently about – Uh, The restaurateurs who are who are dining and like the whole thing about dining in and um, Being waited on is like the experience. So they're like, okay So how are we gonna evolve and they're like, well their takeout? They're gonna have to try to like make the experience of having um, That restaurant at home, you know, so maybe uh, our packaging will evolve and stuff so so you have that same experience because you can't have it dining in in a store now <laughs> that's like i mean we're i'm, I'm glad we're like a, we're, we're rock and roll like you get our burgers and you can plate it o- at home on your own mm-hmm. and that's a thing too i like it i see it on our ig stories our our customers are like taking out their burgers and like setting it up like it's a picnic and that's yeah awesome. <laughs> you know so you got like
0: silverware and all yeah you
2: know <laughs> that's cool i
1: just hearing monica talk it 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 reminded me of some things that we're going to want to do for our um our customers um our people you know for example we have sweet x radio which is right now in the form of a spotify playlist uh for us to be able to reproduce that experience for our customers by having constant content like that suggest Monica's always like Why don't we make movie lists for them? Having that, you know, kind of taking their lifestyle experience a little bit further, uh, they're going to be able to be having their own Sweet X experience at home. And I think that a lot of restaurants should kind of think in that direction so that their meal is just not something that's very easily forgotten. Just a few
0: minutes earlier, I just took a step back and I objectively, you know, was listening to you talking and it's kind of bizarre that we're talking about delivery as if it's it's some new invention, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just fascinating. Like if if someone just tuned in now, you know the way we're talking about delivery, and it's not really about that, is it? It's delivery as an innovation in the past was a, a response to convenience. Now it's a response to uh, uh, es- essentiality, I guess. Yeah. It's um, and like you said, it's a holistic shift
2: mm-hmm. it's not
0: oh just our foods going on delivery but what else is quote-unquote going right. on delivery oh our music now you know we have all these new innovations yeah,
2: so you know people can't yeah. how are we going to connect now <laughs> like we can't because like, if we can't physically connect with each other we have to find a different way too
0: yeah and and you have right i mean that's exactly what al was saying he's like weird i'm talking to the customer now <laughs> <laughs> okay, so while we're still slightly on this topic, you know, one thing that came to mind already for me is uh, cashless payments. I think that's another in- innovation uh, that more and more establishments are being put onto. And I guess with that and just the idea that we're probably going to be social distancing for a while, what other ways do you think um, restaurants are going to shift their dine-in logistics? Um, to accommodate this social distancing near future,
2: I mean, I know online banking is they're they're really trying to make it easy because there's so many different ways to online bank and transfer. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it is the wave of the future, you know. Uh, in the states, they have Venmo. I but, love
0: Venmo, or <laughs> rather, I miss Venmo. It's
2: well, <laughs> well, you know, we have PayMaya here. We have PayMaya. Yeah. We have
0: I'll P-K-Maya. get on that.
2: So it's it's basically the same thing, but I mean, like, you cannot do away with having cash um being pay, you know being able to pay in cash or card yeah
0: not for a while not not in the philippines at least
2: not in the philippines and um, i don't think ever what do you think al what do you think
1: i i think my, what monica is saying now is exactly what i would have said from five days ago <laughs> <to before laughs> it. okay
2: but yeah then, we had a fight about but, it <laughs> to
1: okay you guys are saying like uh in the philippines cash but then Philippines also, we used to never have this, what we're dealing with yes. now, yeah. all of the time until now. So it, there it, there may be the possibility that we are seeing the death of cash really quickly. Like, what mm-hmm. if? Because it seems like more and more, that's the move. So for all we know, this could be really uh, speeding up the timeline. To getting really cashless <laughs> we might now look we never look at money the same way because think about in one day or in one lifetime of a of a, of a hundred peso bill it's touched so many yeah. gross people <laughs> you know true. by their grossest part <laughs> dirtiest part which is their hands so if you really stop and think about it we should do it and i mean like that goes against what we're so used to but yeah. There are ways now, and they, these ways are so advanced. You know, the the, the PayMaya and the Paymongo and the the Gcash and all of them are exist. We've just been mm-hmm. we've been late on it in terms of really fully applying it. But everybody now who's open, they're making themselves accessible to that. And when places reopen, they know that that might be the only way they're going to get paid. So once things get major normalized, it's there now.
0: I'm curious on what you think about new restaurants. Do you predict new restaurants um opening despite this upcoming economic downturn?
2: I mean I already see it in my viber groups, like uh oh, we offer right. these party play uh, party trays, you know, or 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 ulam, good for four people. So maybe in that sense? <laughs> entrepreneurs will will bust out like that, you know, which is, they've always been there. Work from home. You don't need a brick and mortar, obviously, because if if delivery and pickups are future, then they've got it.
1: Nobody, I think, right now wants to spend a a lot of money on like investing or just a lot of money on a thing. Not a lot of cars are going to be sold right now or jewelry and no brick and mortar places are going to be put up but there are going to be a lot of people who think this isn't the time for me to start quite small on something out of my house. Yeah, I think that's towards- it. Catering is dead, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. See- <laughs> yeah. Wow. Family-sized yeah. meals. And then oh my God. Pre- uh, you know, This food industry also extends to frozen and pre-packed. And, exactly. things like that, and meal yeah. planning. Uh, I see some things, some restaurants do fun things like five-day menus. Yeah. Mm.
2: Just to add to what Al was saying, you know, we've had like three franchisee inquiries in in this COVID <laughs> time. This, really? Yeah. It's weird. I'm like, are you serious?
0: I think the gist of what I'm getting from you two is um obviously there's there's gonna be huge economic suffering, especially for, you know, large businesses and operation, but this might be uh the dawn of an a new age for small medium enterprises
1: definitely but we take that with a grain we take that with a grain of salt too because you know i say this all the time to people i say that you know everybody can cook like your mom can cook mm. your, your, your lola can cook everybody has great these great recipes and foods uh just like we did when we started you know we had pretty good burgers but then uh the reason why we became we we, we got past the first few years and the reason why we became sustainable is because of Monica. She helped us to become an actual operation. Anybody can cook food, (laughs) but like nobody can run restaurants. And those are two completely separate and distinct things that are not even apples and oranges. They're on different planets.
0: Semi-last question. Suppose we soon reach a somewhat definitive end to this lockdown and transition into this uh, new normal of social distancing culture um what's sweet ecstasy gonna look like
1: since 2012 to now i think one of the most important things for us was that for outward, outwardly we stayed as as close to who we are as possible so that the stores kind of always look like us experience kind of was us and the food tastes the same but from 2012 to now and then moving forward not only were there a lot of changes on the back end, there are gonna be t- some more. So I think the beauty of it for us is to just maintain what mm-hmm. our customers see, what you see, but have to be very growing and very inventive behind the scenes. I don't want our menu to change ever. I don't want our our past, our our aesthetic or our packaging to change much and so you won't, you won't mm-hmm. see that uh, but then uh, you're going to see that maybe we're going to be more of an online platform our website will finally exist after oh yeah definitely are <laughs> yeah. finally maybe we so e- e-commerce is part of that conversation we're going to have to find ways to find new customers obviously but i don't think that'll be a, that that hard we're existing and we're surviving so that's what's most important right now our staff is going to have work uh, when when it's time to come back and there are some who are working now you know only a third of our people are able to come into work right now so that's also what we're dealing with so they'll get their jobs Mm -hmm. back and you hopefully won't be able to tell any other differences besides what I vaguely told you about there because Sure. Uh, If you do change too much, you're not gonna be who you are, and that would be our worst nightmare, (laughs) losing that identity.
0: As long as you're heading on the same trajectory that you already uh, had set out for the year, now it's just it's just a little more uh, rushed in terms of the timeline, and maybe we're gonna see more um, sweet ecstasy franchises out there once you respond to those people.
2: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. You know, I mean, we can't let this. This, this virus slow us down.
0: <laughs> sure. And with that, any last plugs? Tell us how people can access and order Sweet Ecstasy right now.
1: Well, uh, the easy way, you know, Sweet X Manila. Yes. Uh, you go to Sweet see Facebook, you go to Sweet X Manila on Instagram, Sweet X Manila on Twitter. Uh, when you go there, you'll find everything else you need to know. Menus, contact numbers ways right. that you can get to us, product information, secret menu stuff. If you dig down deep into the hole.
0: Yes. And Monica, we, we spoke right before the podcast, but, um, mm-hmm. you yourself being a radio professional, <laughs> uh, you have your own podcast. Why don't you drop that in here?
2: Yes, I do. So aside from running Sweet Ecstasy with Al, I do have a podcast. It's called The Eavesdrop. I co-host it with Delamar Arias and Jelly Victor. And of course, so our crazy. super producer, Jude Rocha. Um, people liken us to like titas of Manila. And I've had problems with that. But I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> That's cool. If they think I'm cool, uh, I'll deal with it. So yeah, so you can catch... you just um check us out on all streaming platforms spotify anchor to
0: our listeners we did not plan this it's just by pure coincidence we had monster radio last episode and i think that I, was
2: really cool yeah <laughs> kind of serendipitous, if you ask me yeah <laughs> yeah
0: anyway thank you so much monica and al you're was,
1: welcome it was it really nice meeting you
0: and To all our listeners out there, thank you for listening. If you haven't already, please stay tuned to Hustle Inside the Industry. We're on Spotify, iTunes, everywhere, really. Thanks, Lowey. That was fun. We'll all hang at Sweet X after all this. Oh, and before you go, if you or anyone you know is a professional in a bold and exciting industry, we'd love to hear all about it. Email us at hustle at rappler.com, H-U-S-T-L-E at rappler.com for your chance to be the next guest here on Inside the Industry.